I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get in such a rut when it comes to my quiet time. I don't know what scripture to read. I journal on and on about all my random feelings and I get so easily distracted. But what if I told you that there was a resource to make your time with Jesus more powerful and productive? We are so excited to introduce you to our new monthly subscription, The Tent, Encountering Jesus in Your Everyday. Each month, you'll get the resources and encouragement you need to revive your time with the Lord. This will include a monthly focus and challenge, guided prayers, and personalized content that we love. We're so excited to announce that we have an awesome deal for our For The Girl podcast listeners. We are giving you $5 off this monthly subscription, locking you in at only $10 a month. This opportunity won't last forever, so seriously, go sign up today. Head to ForTheGirl.com for more details and to pitch your tent to encounter God in your everyday. Welcome to the For The Girl podcast. Join best friends Mackenzie Wilson and Mackenzie Baker from Delight Ministries as they talk about all things relationships, faith, and, well, girls. This podcast is for the girl expectant for her future, for the girl who is ready to grow, and for the girl who needs some honest answers. Get ready because this is for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. It is our favorite time of the week. Favorite time of the week. I'm really, really excited about today's episode. You know, we are midway through tour right now recording this episode. Yes. And it's been incredible being out with all of you guys and just saying hey and chatting and catching up, hearing about your lives. It's been so fun. And I'm really, really excited about today's episode because number one, this is like a dream guest to have on the podcast, first yes, of all. Yes, for real, Jane. We saw her at a conference a while ago and we were like just jiving. We were like, we love you, your energy, your spirit, your passion, your she, all things. She fits right in on the For The Girl podcast. Yes. So today we have the amazing Bianca Olthoff. She's incredible. Her and her husband pastor a church in Orange County called The Father's House. It's incredible. She writes books. She has a book called How to Have Your Life Not Suck. What a title. That's amazing. Yes. I heard about that title recently and I like love it. It's so It's such a good title. It's such a good title. And um, she's just incredible. She's an incredible Bible teacher. Like literally mm. we we told her in the podcast, like we love the way that you tell um, Bible stories yeah. and just talk about scripture. So you guys are going to fall in love with her. You're going to want to follow her on the gram. She's, has, she's an incredible follow. She always is posting funny things and also super inspirational, encouraging things. So you got to follow yes. her. But before we jump into our conversation with Bianca, it is time for... Okay, so as you know, we have been sharing some of y'all's mess-up stories. And today, (laughs) we have a good mess-up story. It really is. It's a good one. It takes me back to those high school days. You ready for it, Ken? I'm so ready for this. Let's hear it. Okay, so today's mess up is from Julia. She is an amazing delight leader, past delight leader. She's now graduated. And I'm not surprised at all after reading this. Okay, so here we go. It says, major mess up from high school. So this boy and I were off and on all throughout high school. And one semester he'd like me, but I didn't like him. And the next I liked him, but he didn't like me. You know how that goes. So anyways, we get to senior year. They go to homecoming together. And after that, they're kind of talking. And in like January, I stupidly agree to go over to his house after school. Just the two of us. Uh oh. Mess up number one, right? <laughs> Obviously, this will not end well, she says. She also told her mom that she was going to Chick-fil-A. That was her cover up. <laughs> I guess if you're going to Chick-fil-A with a boy, nothing bad can happen. That's true. Jesus chicken. So that day... I left his house with a hickey Ew, right on my oh, neck. A hickey. Shoot, she ew. says, yikes, embarrassing. The next day, I literally have to go on 
go try on my prom dress with my mom because we special ordered it and it had arrived. I literally had so much makeup on and I was paranoid the entire time she's going to see it. I made it through the fitting without her knowing or at least her not wow. saying anything. Still don't think to this day that she knows, but yikes. Don't do that, girls. Oh, Not good. Oh, no. Okay, I love hickeys. Let's talk about hickeys. Uh, I don't even <laughs> want to hear you say that word again. <laughs> so you, weird. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Like, I really have. And I'm just confused at how it happens, honestly. Like, Why? I feel like it makes perfect sense how it happens. Uh, does it mean the guy doesn't know how to kiss or that he does know how to kiss? Ew. <laughs> I'm just so grossed out, guys. I don't even know. Okay, wait. Tell us about the time you had a hickey. Well, I just really resonate with this story because we had a spa day, me, my sister, and my mom, and it was after my first hickey. When yeah, was this? How old were you? I think it was, it was just sometime in high school. Can you remember the guy, the place, the situation? But we were in the jacuzzi, and my mom saw, and it was just an honest conversation. It wasn't even weird. It was just an honest she conversation. She was like, is that a hickey? Yeah. Ah, don't say that. <laughs> Let's see how many times I can yes. say the word hickey. Yes, it really was. That's what happened. And, oh. you know, it happens. Oh. She probably understood. I weirdly feel like there was a moment where you had a hickey in oh, college. no. And you were, no. you were wearing turtlenecks to no. cover it up. Yes, it was when we lived together. What? Yeah. No. Yes. Well, in my defense, I had a boyfriend. Yeah, At least you it had a like boyfriend or something. No, like you had a boyfriend, but I just remember you but were so no. embarrassed and you were wearing turtlenecks. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't, does it happen in your adult years or like, do you, do you outgrow hickeys? I think you outgrow hickeys. I think you do too. Don't you? Because I think people I learn how to say, kiss. I so I didn't have my first kiss in high school. Like it was later in life. So I don't really no. know if I've ever had to like, Okay, you Hide. got past the That's like what I'm saying. growing yeah. up years. So I think it's kind of a high school thing. Yeah, it might be. Although occasionally I see them on other people, adult type people. And you're like, do you see Ooh. them? And you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you came to work today. Honestly, the the thought of looking to see if somebody has a hickey never crosses my mind. It just stands out though sometimes. It's uh, at like certain places. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> I can imagine though if my mom... I mean, I would be mortified if my mom like uh, knew I had a hickey. I would be like, oh my gosh, that would be mortified. Do you think she'd be kind of proud of you? M- my mom, honestly, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. She'd be like kind of proud of me. Moms are like oddly proud when things happen. Like they're my like, mom oh, is just like, you're, like dying. talking to boys. Yeah, my mom's just dying for me to have like yes. a boyfriend of any sorts. Like, so she'd probably be proud oh, of me. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, Enough I hope about we never this. have to talk about that again. Yeah, seriously. I Should I say it one more time? No. Just to bother you. Hickey, hickey, hickey. <laughs> <laughs> You oh guys. my goodness. Well, let's jump on to Bianca's story. Let's do this. Hello, Bianca. We're so excited to have you on today's podcast. Hello, ladies. Mac and Kenzie. I love it. Yes, you got it right. It's pretty difficult to keep track of, though, over this yeah, voice. Does our, do our voices sound the same? Can you tell us part Actually, at all? You know, slightly but but you guys have very similar voices people tell us that all the time and it's so funny because in my mind my voice was so different than hers because she's like a california valley girl and i was like that's not me but i think i picked up on it so (laughs) proudly picked up on it but anyways okay we wanted to start off this podcast with you just sharing a little bit more about yourself maybe um you personally your family your career your ministry what you're passionate about just anything you'd want our listeners to know? Well, here's, I'll start off with this. I am a California native. So when you were throwing a little bit of shade, Kenzie, about (laughs) California Valley girl, I'm like, you're like, hold up, wait a minute. Exactly. I have mad love for California. No, I'm just kidding. Me too. Now, now I do. I like, (laughs) I appreciate it. I love the Valley now. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And you want to know something? California is the promised land. Okay. We have the beach <laughs> and we have the mountains. We have Disneyland, Six Flags. I mean, what else do you need, sister? No. Okay. Yes. So I'm a California native. I am a writer. I'm a Bible teacher. I am a church planter. I am a stepmom. I am a wife. I am a twin. And I am someone who loves a good party. So um, that's kind of like a 30,000 foot view. But uh, my husband and I live in Orange County, California, and we've been church planners for over a year. 
Uh, wow. Prior to that, I have been on the road teaching, preaching, and speaking for about 10 years. Yes. So awesome. And that's how we kind of got introduced to you, just hearing you speak and teach. And you have got to be one of my favorite teachers out there. Yes. I mean, girl, you tell, you tell a Bible story better than anybody. I love the like Latin <laughs> flair in there and everything. I mean, just brings it to life. Yes. I love that. I love that. You know, some people are like super gifted with exegesis. Some people are super gifted in apologetics. Some people are super <laughs> gifted in hermeneutics. And I just like making the Bible come alive. You know, like I'm like, if if the Bible's boring, you're boring. Like it's so full of amazing information. So I think I really do feel like the Lord has just put this really fun mandate to reach the marginal Christian and the non-Christian by making the Bible practical, applicable, and fun. So So thank you for noting that. You do that so well. So thank you so much for just all that. It's been so fun to hear you so many times. But we kind of want to, we told you that this whole season is about love, dating, and relationships. (laughs) You know, we we love to talk about these things. So we thought we'd jump right in and have you share maybe, so you're married, married to an awesome guy named Matt, and we thought we'd have you share what's something about you and Matt's marriage or relationship that even your friends would be surprised to know. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I am a seven on Enneagram, which means I'm a little bit impetuous. When I feel it, I say it, and like, I met this guy through eHarmony and which was not nowhere I ever thought I would find someone or date or anything. And I would say six weeks in, we're kind of on the fence about it. He thinks it was one month. I'm pushing this to six weeks. Okay. You guys, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I told him I loved him six (laughs) weeks in. Did you say it first? I did. That Go, girl. I did. I like that. I think that's cool. And, yes. and like, here's the best part. Here's the best part. Here's the best part. My husband didn't say he loved me back. Why? <laughs> because he is actually wise. And he said, I mm. just wanted to make sure that when I said it, it was something that I felt like yeah. I didn't feel pressure to feel. He's oh. the logical one. I'm the rela- ir- irrational one. I like to say that our relationship is psychological. Like I'm psycho <laughs> and he's logical. So together- oh, I love that. It works. Um, no, but here's here's kind of like the backstory. I um, was an unsuccessful dater for a number of years. I met a man who I thought I was going to marry. I affectionately referred to him as Satan. And um, I literally thought, this is the guy that I'm going to marry. And when it, when it didn't, after two and a half, three years of on and again, off again, mm. I just realized, like, I'm broken. Like, it's me. It has to be me. And um, looking back retrospectively, I just wish I had someone to come alongside and say, this is how you date well. Mm. Everyone can date. We just haven't been groomed to date well. And I feel like we're coming out of this like purity culture. We're coming out of I Kiss Dating Combined. We're coming yeah. out of this like hyper conservative approach to dating and, you know, it's courting or, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the liberal ones call it dorting, which is what I called it, like dating courting, you know, dorting. and so like <laughs> all this Christian nomenclature has really clouded the simplicity of mm-hmm. being friends with someone. And okay. so, um, I didn't date. So I dated that guy until, um, from 19 to 22, 23, and then from 23 to when I met my husband at 28, 29, I didn't really date. And when I did, I got into these, I fell into this ugly pattern of what I called faux friends instead of boyfriends. So we didn't make out and we, you know, didn't say boyfriend or girlfriend, but I got into this almost kind of like relationship where that emotional desire and connectivity that I longed for was met without the responsibility of actually being in a relationship. Yeah. So like we would text and we would hang out, but it was nothing more than that. And maybe on one side or the other, whether he or me liked him, liked each other, we never crossed that line. And I think it was a lot was based on kind of like this Christian fear of, I don't want to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't, and if I date him, then I can't date any of his friends because then they're off the market and guys have this similar feeling. Well, if I date her, that I can't do any of our friends if this doesn't work out. It, it just gets really convoluted. And so my heart, I actually, I've been passionate about relationships probably because I did it so wrong. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I wrote a book, I wrote a book uh, in 2019, a couple months ago, actually, about 
um, how to have your life not suck. And it's biblically rooted out of the story of Ruth and Naomi in the book of Ruth. But the first whole section is about dating and relationships because I feel like mm-hmm. our generation has really not had a guide. Yeah. And the backstory is Matt and I really stumbled our way through dating and marriage. I mean, dating and engagement, but we are married now for nine years in September. It'll be 10 years and we're proud that we haven't killed each other yet. So like that's a success in our book. Yeah. That's so good. That's incredible. I think that's so cool. I want to know because I'm so curious. I didn't know this story. So I'm loving hearing this story and I'm like, got to get the book now and devour this over here. But (laughs) I want to know, okay, I think this is so interesting that you met on eHarmony too, because, you know, dating apps, it's the whole thing, everything in our world and culture today. So I want to take me back to the moment, like where you decided to sign up for eHarmony. Were you like, I'm going to meet my husband on here? Or were you like, what am I doing right now? Oh, girls, we are getting so honest right now. So (laughs) I have a twin sister. Her name is Jasmine and she met her her current husband when we were in high school. So they dated for six years through undergrad, through grad school. And I mean, he is just perfect. Our whole family loves him. This guy is great. And so she met and married and is still currently married to this amazing guy. And for me, I just was unlucky in love. And in one moment I was visiting her house. It was a little bit before Valentine's day. And I was having kind of like this quarter life crisis of like, I'm done with grad school and I'm single and guys don't mess me (laughs) out. It's because of my thighs, my thighs touch. And this is why, you know, So and, um, she had said, Hey, uh, at the time she was in a business, um, consulting world and she had met the chief psychologist of eHarmony and keep in mind, like now dating apps like Bumble and Tinder and all this other stuff, it's more common. But keep in mind, yeah. 10 years ago, it was still like Craigslist killer, you know, like yeah. <laughs> only weird, desperate people did that. And so <laughs> yeah. when she told me, hey, I met the chief psychologist at eHarmony, and I think that this is something you should do. And I was like, over my dead body, God parted the Red Sea. He had manna fall from heaven. He raised Lazarus from the grave. He could bring my husband <laughs> to my doorstep. Yeah. And Jasmine said, your doorstep? Well, I really hope you like the UPS guy because no one else is coming to your door. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Seriously, my twin sister is savage. Like so savage. (laughs) That's amazing. And she's like, like, let's get real. Um, You are only at the gym, grad school or church. And everyone in grad school is married or attracted to the person of the opposite sex. Everyone at the gym is a meathead and everyone at church wants to date dad. So at the time I was attending the church that my father led and still does 25 years in Los Angeles. And so I'm like, my options were so limited. And so that night we sat there and built out, we sat out and built this profile together and we're twins. And so I didn't have any photos with me and she had a photo of herself that we used as my profile to start off <laughs> no the profile. <laughs> and, um, at the end of this exhaustive questionnaire, cause if you're familiar with eHarmony, it's, it's a mathematic algorithm based on compatibility. So the process to fill out the form is probably an hour, hour and a half. Wow. And if you take it seriously, yeah. And so it spit out your results of like, this is the most compatible person for you in our database based on your preferences. And I sat there and cried because I was like, is this what my life has come to where I'm like Mm. going online? And I turned to her and I said, I've seen Dateline, how to catch a predator. I'm going to end up dead in a ditch. I cannot do this. (laughs) This is horrible. And she calmed me. And um, my, my most compatible match, y'all, if you think, like, I'm joking by saying I didn't get asked out. Like, I don't know what it is about me, but I attract the most interesting characters, we shall say. <laughs> so the, my most compatible match, his occupation was keeper of the night. <laughs> his most notable accomplishment, most notable accomplishment was 2007 Scrabble champion. Oh my and goodness. This is like not even profile, real. So funny. Uh, you guys, I cannot make this up. Like, I cannot make this up. I'm dramatic, but I ain't a liar, okay? And then his profile picture, he had sunglasses inside his house. He took a picture in his bathroom of the mirror. Well, if you look at the reflection in the mirror, you see a reflection of his bedroom. The man had a mattress with no box spring, no bed frame on the floor, and a pile of white laundry next to it. And I'm like, this is my most compatible <laughs> this is match. This is what eHarmony gave That's me. That's amazing. <laughs> and the soundtrack of Desperado is playing in the background and I'm like, I'm crying. I'm like, it is me. I'm just destined to be single. You guys, that's how the journey started. Wow. 
That's and crazy. I went out with no one. I did not chat with anyone. Well, actually, strike that. I, I in eHarmony, you could like wink at someone. So I did wink at this one guy. He never uh-huh. winked back. So like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but other than that, it was my husband who initiated conversation. I responded mm. back. He responded back. I responded back. And then I started scoping out his profile. And there was two things that I said I didn't want. I did not want someone who was divorced and I did not want someone with dependents. And so in eHarmony, he was listed as a flexible match, meaning that there's something that is in their profile that you said that you didn't want. And I, honest to God, I did not think I was going to go out with this guy, that he was good looking. The most influential person in his life was his pastor. The last book he read was um, Walking with a Limp by Dan Ellender. And I love that leadership book. And I was like, gosh. He could spell. He has his teeth. We're already in the ballpark, ladies. Because <laughs> online dating good, is yeah. weird, you yes. know? And, um, and long story, very short. By the time we, I actually said yes and went out with him because I said yes and then reneged because I was like, I'm afraid of you. This is weird. No. Then I came to my senses because he's adorable and smart and strong and organized and on time and German and everything that this Mexican is not. <laughs> and I like literally when I tell you that I said I loved him six weeks and it really felt like I had known him for six years mm-hmm. on our first date. I was like, I knew this guy was divorced with dependence and debt, but his love for God, mm-hmm. his belief in living out redemption and his leadership made my yeah. insides just say, I will take you and wow. your baggage. Come, yes. come to mama. Okay. Yes. Like, yeah. I was, I was undone. I was undone. So, so we wow. dated for a year and then we were engaged for six months. So all mm. in all a year and a half before we were married okay. and, um, we're still together to this day. Thank God. Wow. So cool. Oh my gosh. I have a million questions now about your marriage and all the things. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back though, really quickly to when you, um, just in your twenties, like when you were like, just single sort of dating yeah. sort of not just you talked about even like comparing yourself to your sister who is yeah. who is married that's so real for so many girls that are listening and uh, yeah that's just like such a real thing of feeling like so single and looking at everybody else around you and just feeling like so much despair and hopelessness I just want to hear like kind of where you were at in that season like maybe men talk about like how that comparison with your sister had an effect on your heart your life just like that long season of singleness Oh, honey. Yes. There is, um, I know that you guys are women of the word, so I'm not going to shy away. Uh, in some podcasts, yeah. they just want to keep it super topical and light, which is fine. But I've, I've, I've looked at you guys, I've seen what you guys are doing. And so I love rooting things in a biblical understanding. And there's this story in the old Testament actually of a pair of twins and their names were Jacob and Esau. And, um, they had this rivalry between them And the younger brother, and in that culture, the older brother gets the blessing, gets the inheritance, Mm -hmm. gets the rights. And the younger brother is subservient to the older brother. Well, as the story goes, the younger brother stole the birthright of Esau, who's the uh, older brother. And Esau was left with nothing. And, And most of us stop reading the story there and we're like, gosh, poor Esau got the short end of the stick. Sucks to be Esau. Mm-hmm. And Jacob swindled his way for God's favor and blessing. And God's favor and blessing came. Well, this is sometimes where we live. And this is, well, I don't want to speak for anyone else. This is what I would say. In me in my 20s, I lived with an Esau spirit. I saw my friends, you know, going from like graduation announcements to engagement announcements to wedding announcements baby showers. And I was still going to these things, registering for a party of one, RSVP, knowing I'm going to be at the punch bowl, stuffing past appetizers in my mouth as a party of one, because everyone else is blessed except for me. Mm. And I feel if we're not careful, we can take on that Esau spirit and look at him, her, and them and compare our lives to their lives. But the beautiful thing about this narrative between Jacob and Esau is if you go forward two, three, four chapters, they actually have this moment of reconciliation, which most people and Bible teachers don't talk about. But I love the New Living Translation where Jacob comes back fearing for his life because he's afraid, well, I stole Esau's birthright. He's going to kill me and I'm very wealthy in my family and my kids. And so he tries buttering up his brother with like gifts and animals and food. And his brother says, I do not need this. I do not need what you bring me. And Esau embraced his brother. Now, 
previously, the dad gave the blessing to the younger brother. And there was this, this phrase, this phrase that their father, Jacob, speaks over them. He says, but when you decide to break free, the yoke will not be on you. Hmm. We look over this and I feel like we have power to break comparison. The yoke of jealousy, the yoke of comparison, the yoke of envy, where we can look at our brothers, we can look at our sisters as Esau did with Jacob years later and say, I don't need this blessing. And yeah. he embraced him with a sense of like love and forgiveness. And I firmly believe that yeah. he got to walk out that fulfillment when his dad says, but when you decide to break free, the yoke will not be on you. We have the ability to break free where their blessing isn't my burden. That just yeah. because they got it doesn't mean that I won't. We, we have this phrase in American idiom. It's like a slice of the pie. And it feels like we're all fighting for this one slice of the pie. And God's yeah. like, open your eyes. You're in a bakery. I am the master pastry chef. And you're fighting over this one slice. <laughs> yeah. Baby boo, what do you want? And mm-hmm. I, for, so I would say to deduce that down to my 20s, I really struggled with comparison. I really struggled with envy. I really struggled with jealousy because I was just like, everyone's life is changing but mine. Yeah. That's so if, good. Yes. And if our wholeness and if our completion and if our desire is met not with a spouse or a money, money or job or a degree, our sufficiency and our joy is in Christ, our completion is in Christ. Hmm. I firmly believe that that yoke of comparison, that yoke of jealousy can be broken and we can walk in the blessing because hmm. Esau didn't need it. And the New Living Translation says, I don't need your blessing. Yeah. He was already blessed. And hmm. I wonder... I wonder, especially for a very comparison generation like we're living in right now with Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, yeah, like everything <laughs> yeah. is just comparison yeah. and we can walk in freedom when we decide to break free. Yeah, that's so good. And like just like I'm 27 right now and single, not married. And it, it's so true. So many days I look around and I'm like, oh. Why does it happen for them? And it hasn't happened for me. And just, and there's a lot of days that I do and have felt so bogged down by it. And so like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you just start to go, you do go, you go, what's wrong with me? Like what happened? And, Mm -hmm. but it's so true. There's so many moments where I do, I feel like I flip that comparison to like, okay, how can I celebrate other people and, and what God's doing in their life? And, and it really does break off of you. Like, and it's not a fake thing of like, okay, I have to fake, like right, I'm yeah. not, you know, miserable, but it really does. It really does switch and change. And so I thought that was yeah. so good. And I, I love that they're, they're twins. That's such a cool yeah. story for you. I know. That's so, I know. That's so cool. I'm like, Lord, so okay, I got it. I got it. Yes. <laughs> Okay, you guys, have you checked out ForTheGirl.com? We have the cutest merch, amazing books and resources. That's also where you can find the tent and so much more. Also, while you're at it, follow us at ForTheGirl on Instagram. We have so many exciting things coming this year. Welcome to the ForTheGirl fam. Okay, I want to know too, you you mentioned in your story of talking about meeting Matt and, you know, your whole like e-harmony time and some of the things you talked about were, you know, maybe some expectations you had of what you thought this person that you were going to share your life with was going to be like or look like. And you said, I'll never date somebody like this, you know, yeah. I'll never have this and, and how funny it is that God can totally like come in and surprise us with that. And so can you talk a little bit on like, expectations when it comes to dating and relationships. Okay. So I love to talk about this with, especially single sisters, because sometimes in the midst of the madness, we can kind of lose focus on like just getting to know someone. So I have a couple, um, just practical handles that I tell a lot of my single sisters. Okay. Before we even get started, like, I think sometimes we can hyper spiritualize, um, dating and feel like, well, you know, he has two legs. He knows John three sixteen, And then we, we set ourselves up for failure because we go out with someone that we're not attracted to. So like, it is okay to want to be attracted to someone. Now that can't be the driving force. That's not the nail in the coffin, <laughs> yeah. but are you attracted to that person? Granted attraction can grow, but that initial like chemistry, that initial spark, is that there? Mm-hmm. Because theoretically, this is the last person you might see naked. And like, if you don't have that chemistry with that person, it you're, you're like, you could potentially be stuck with them for the rest of your life. So just because <laughs> they tick off a few boxes, like, oh, you're Christian, you have a job, you floss your teeth. Okay. 
and I see a lot of girls settling and I'm just, I'm kind of raising a flag. Like there's worse things than being single, like being married to the wrong person, you know? And, And like, we just like raise a flag, like, Hey, are you attracted to this person? Number two, do you have healthy boundaries set when it comes to dating? Because if not, and you become like, you know, thirsty, lusty, musty, crusty, dusty, where you will accept anything. And then all of a sudden your standards are lowered when you need to walk into dating with a mindset of no ringy, no dingy. That's my purity talk in one sentence. (laughs) It's like, don't cross that bridge because the moment that that happens, you open up your heart, your mind, your soul into bonds that are only supposed to happen within the confines of marriage. And for the girl out there that's like, well, the Bible isn't clear about premarital sex. Cause I've heard that argument. Mm-hmm. One, if you want to parse out the Greek, we'll go toe to toe sister. But number two, <laughs> let's just remove the biblical aspect of it. The psychological aspect of what happens when two people, now I'm talking about medical research, not even talking about biblical understanding, yeah. medical research, the connections that happen between two human beings, not just the fluid that's exchanged, but the chemistry, the chemical reaction that happens during this intimate act reserved for marriage binds you with that person. So if there is no covenant relationship between there, they are literally taking pieces of you. Mm. So one, are you attracted to this person? Two, do you have great boundaries set? And three, are you envisioning similar paths of life? So this person could be really great. This person could be really attractive. This person can be like tick all the boxes of what you're looking for. But let's say they want to live in a, you know, in a mobile home and travel the United States and, you know, pick up odd jobs here and there. And you're the type of person that wants stability and a home and a community and grow roots. What may not feel like a big deal now is going to reap dividends of of, of strife in the future. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that kind of vet through that process that I take people through is the right guy at the wrong time is the wrong guy. The Mm -hmm. wrong guy at the right time is the wrong guy. The right guy at the right time is the right guy. So where are you at in life? What are you looking for? And when you step into relationships, are you having these like honest questions with yourself? Because sometimes, again, in those moments of isolation, loneliness, depression, uh, rejection, we make poor decisions that we have to reap the consequences of later. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Okay, I love what you said about the right time. Right guy, take us when to the time you met Matt. What were you doing? Like, were you doing ministry then? And how did that have an impact on your ministry? Your yeah, totally. Okay, that? here's the here is the funny part. Man, y'all are asking some great questions. You guys are getting all the goods, all the goodies, oh, all the good. tea. Okay, so a little bit of my background is I grew up very conservative, love Jesus. I'm talking summer camp, winter camp, vacation Bible school, Bible baseball, um, Bibleopoly. Like, I, like, literally, I am a Jesus girl. So my context was um, more conservative of in the line of women – uh, get married and have kids and rear a home. And that's beautiful. And I love it. And that's currently, I, I also do that, but yeah. I was never awakened to the possibility of maybe the Lord putting a God call in my life that looked different. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I meet my husband who, um, prior to meeting him, I was, um, writing and teaching at the time. Blogging was like the thing. So I was blogging and, um, there's invitations coming in to have me come and do like conferences or retreats or, tea parties back in the day. Like literally, we're not even kidding you, tea parties. <laughs> That's amazing. And, <laughs> totally, totally. And then I met my husband and um, he, we had been dating just about three months and he took me to a conference called Catalyst Conference um, here in California. And I was undone. I heard women, I heard men, young and old, light and dark, skinny yeah. and floofy. Talk about these basic leadership principles that wrecked me and rocked mm. me. And for the first time, my husband was just like, wait, what do you mean? you're not pastoral. And I was like, no, Paul is very clear. And we are going, and we basically had a theological disagreement. Mm -hmm. And he really challenged me to start looking at scripture and start saying, well, what if the Lord has called you to pastor women? What if the Lord has called you to pastor children? What if the Lord has called you to pastor college people? Mm -hmm. And (sighs) girls, I cannot say this with any other sense of, I firmly believe that the enemy had put me in a pigeonhole 
And the Lord brought my husband to release me into the woman that I am today. Wow. Now, before feminists get all up in arms and being like, I don't need a man to tell me. <laughs> Listen, I studied yeah. fem theory in undergrad yeah. and in grad school. I would classify and be like pro-women. Yeah, okay. Like, praise God. I mean, I shaved my armpits. Glory to God. But like, <laughs> by and large, I am, I am for the advance of the independence of women. I really mm-hmm. am. But my husband didn't release me with permission. He released me because he spoke the call that God had already yeah, placed on my life. really good. And for the first time, Girls, I'm not even kidding you. I felt pushed by my husband. Step out. You are a leader. Step out. You are pastoral. Step out. You are a teacher. Step out. You are a preacher. Step out. You are an evangelist. And it took a divorcee from the Midwest who's white to call out a Mexican first generation American who never went to seminary. And he did to say, you are a better preacher and a better teacher than me. Why are we sitting on your gifts? And so what we're building in our church now, literally, I feel like we're pining something so fun, so exciting, and so new. He is strategic. He's a, he is leadership development. He's strategy. He's implementation. He is literally, he runs the church. I am passionate about communicating via storytelling, social media, marketing, preaching, teaching, and evangelism. And here we have two very strong leaders coming together to build this church. And what we firmly believe in the depths of our soul is that we're pioneering a way for what it looks like for strong women and strong men to lead together. We've seen the model of strong women and docile men. We've seen the model of strong men and subservient women. We haven't seen a really good model of two independently strong leaders coming Mm -hmm. together. And as Paul says, like, yes, in Ephesians, it says, wives, submit to your husbands. But he starts in Ephesians chapter two with y'all submit to each other. And what Mm -hmm. we're doing here in this church is we literally are submitting to this like, hey, for the cause of Christ, you take the lead. For the cause of Christ, you take the lead. For the cause of Christ, I will shrink back in this area. For the cause of Christ, I will say no in this area. Like, we haven't seen this model and we are so excited about like how the Lord brought us together yeah. so that we could build this and other people could see it. Wow. That's so cool. Seriously. That's so cool. I feel like that's so real. Like we do need to see that. It's I also scary though. Yeah. It's also scary because you're like, well, what if this doesn't work out? You know? Yeah. <laughs> no way. No way. No, I, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. And it's so cool because I think that yeah, I don't know. As women, I think a lot of times we we don't know where to look for that. And so I think it's super cool that yeah. you guys are kind of paving That's the good. way for that. And I, you know, with what we do, we, we work with college women leaders all the time. And there are thousands of women across the country that I like kind of personally know at this point who have said like, mm-hmm. I want to step into ministry and like, I yeah. want to step into these God-given gifts that he's placed in my life. And, um, and then I think, uh, oftentimes they don't they don't know what to do with that and so I think that's super cool yeah. your story can be so encouraging and inspiring and then thinking about like in marriage and and relationship and joining together with somebody and how together yeah. you guys can be an even stronger team mm. for the Lord yeah. Yeah. and so I think just even talking some on that I think a, a lot of people they do maybe have that dream and desire like oh I would love to do ministry with my husband and maybe talk about some of the, some of the awesome things about that. And then also, you know, the reality, some of the hard yeah, things about it. Totally, yeah. totally. So, um, a little bit back story. I never wanted to be in ministry. My dad, uh, is a pastor still serving in East Los Angeles, California. He was a church planner when I was about 10 years old. And, um, I just, I love Jesus, loved the church, loved everything about it, mm-hmm. but I had associated ministry with being poor because we grew up super poor and I was like "Mm, I'll take a pass on that and and so I was like I wanted to support the church I wanted to fund the church I love the church but I just was never gonna work for the church and I'd never marry a pastor no way (laughs) and God takes all of our nevers and laughs at them so not only did I marry a pastor I married a missions pastor, which is the worst type of pastor because they want to be poor and give all their money away. And I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> you are so funny. Jesus. Oh my gosh. So, so, um, my backstory is that I never wanted to, 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 to be involved in the ministry, to do the work of the ministry. But, um, so in graduate school, I got bamboozled. I say bamboozled. Clearly the sovereign hand of God pulled me into this youth camp, but I got bamboozled <laughs> to go to a youth camp. And the youth pastor didn't have any female leaders. And that's how I got invited in. 
And he was like, I just, okay, so we're going to do a breakout session between guys and girls and you're going to teach the girls and I'm going to teach the guys. And I was like, wait, teach. I don't teach the Bible. I, I've never done this. And he's like, Oh, your pastor's kid. You'll be fine. Teach out of Psalms. You got it. Literally <laughs> opening up the word of God and being stressed out about opening the word of God, <laughs> put such a holy fear inside of me mm. and seeing these young teenagers come alive through the power of God's word and making the Bible come alive. I was like, I am called to do this forever. Mm, so, so good. I always thought that I would be do independent, like parachurch ministry, like, you know, travel or write books or whatever. But I just feel like the model in the 21st century is going to be shifting. I think the power is in the local church and the local church now is embracing this duality of leadership mm -hmm. and empowering women. Cause more, most women are leaving the church to gain a sense of empowerment. And when our churches are open and there's a sense of men and women working in unison and harmony through worship, yeah. through word, through writing, through preaching, through speaking, through leading it, it is a picture of the family, a mother and a father. And yeah. so um, the good, I say all of that to get to the good, the good of it is that we are, now get to do ministry hand in hand. We It's like we birthed a baby and we want our baby to be healthy and beautiful and gorgeous. And together we get to do that, which has been absolutely stunning and amazing. Yes. And we also get to see what a feminine aesthetic and what a male aesthetic can come in and build. So I don't want to get into gender stereotypes. That's not what I'm getting into. I feel like God has fashioned women differently and God has fashioned men differently. And together there's harmony when those differences come together. That's the beautiful thing. Yeah. The difficult part is <laughs> God has fashioned women differently and God has fashioned men differently. And sometimes that unity is difficult. Mm -hmm. So what we've seen is I'm very opinionated, unfortunately. I'm Mexican <laughs> and my, I'm an Enneagram 7, but my wing is 8, bless my heart, which means I, <laughs> I don't mind a good fight. Uh -huh. And if I feel convicted on something, y'all, your loins, okay? <laughs> well, my husband good. is an 8 on Enneagram and his wing 7. So we have had some very... Oh, shall we say moments of intense fellowship where <laughs> we are like, okay, we both feel like conviction about this. How do we reconcile this? So this literally has been meeting with counselors, coaches, additional pastors. Hey, we're pioneering something different and we would love some insight on what it looks like to lead together and trust each other. And so the code that we have now is quarterback. When we're walking into a situation and one of us, if it's, if it's about our, our online strategy engagement, I'm quarterback because that's my strength. If mm -hmm. it's leadership development, budget, strategy, planning, he's quarterback. And mm -hmm. we trust each other that like the skills that God has given us are equipping us to lead. Mm -hmm. And this is the new recent development, ladies. Okay. A year in, we now have language and nomenclature where we call it the parking lot, where sometimes we have to wait and leave the meeting to have the rest of the conversation in the parking lot because no one else needs to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that has been a game changer. That's amazing. <laughs> I love this. I love this because I feel like you you have to know that you're speaking to yes. an eight wing seven and a seven wing eight who yes. aren't <gasps> married, oh but are my kind, of, kind of in a, yes. a, a work marriage. <laughs> and we have so many of these things you've said. I was been like, oh, yes. yes and amen. <laughs> yes. We need to. We're going to okay, definitely wait, use so the do lingo. You guys know. I love this. I love this. I love this. Okay. So do you guys know that how they labeled our dynamic eight, seven, seven, eight? No. Oh. Okay, so we, so I'm taking, I'm speaking about, about Mackenzie McKenzie and also yes. Matt Bianca because we're seven, eight, and eight, seven, that we are either cataclysmic, we're going to change the world, or catastrophic, we will kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> that could not be more true. I that feel is, that. Isn't so it? Real. So, y'all, yes, we, we have to stay healthy. Yes. Jesus at the center. Let's not kill each other. Let's change the world. Amen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a powerful duo, though. It's a powerful duo. <laughs> Um, okay, tell or Bianca, I want you to speak to the to the girl who's in college and um, I don't know, is listening to this podcast and just like, wow, that's so cool. I want to have like that much of an impact in my marriage too, or I want to be like that, or like I don't know, maybe she's single and tempted to settle. Maybe she's dating somebody who who she's maybe just like a little uncertain about and just doesn't think he's like just a man of God. I don't know. Either one of those situations, what would you tell her? Like what's something you could tell her that would just like empower her to like make a change, pursue Jesus deeper, change her mindset? Like what does she need to hear? 
I'm prone to overcomplicate this girls. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to whittle it down to something so simple. Yeah. Can you give God 10 minutes of your day? And for some Bible loving, deep and wise woman, that's going to feel very basic, mm-hmm. but they're probably already walking with Jesus. And I have a word for them, but for by and large, a lot of us are struggling to know and experience the presence of God. So what would it look like in a world that is so busy and chaotic and loud and the chatter and the din of online and real life just feels so much that we're deaf into the voice of God? What does it look like to lock yourself in your car, in a closet, in a bathroom and pound the ground for God's presence to be made manifold in your life? What does it look like to spend five, 10 minutes in God's word and five and 10 minutes of prayer or in worship and say, I'm giving you the very first of my day because I need you. I need you to reveal yourself to me. Jeremiah is very clear when God says, seek me and you will find me. It's not an if and when clause. It's not conditional. It says, seek me and you will find me. Call unto me and I will reveal the things, the mysteries of the world that's a promise that we can go to the bank with. And so for the girl that's kind of feeling like wayward or maybe I've been hanging out in the shallow, hey, this is your invitation to go deep and you go deep by starting small. Take five, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes and ask God to make his presence known in your life. Discover him in his word, encounter him through prayer and worship. And for the girl that's maybe been a Christian for a while and she's done every Bethmore Bible study and maybe it feels like, her devotional life is dry and going through the word of God feels like chewing on cardboard. Sister, I'm just going to tell you, it's okay. I've been there. What does it look like instead of ticking off the legalistic boxes of doing all the right things to pause before the Lord and say, make your word new, make your word fresh. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart that discerns what you're speaking to me. I've already read this a hundred times before. I've gone through the one-year Bible. I know the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. (laughs) But God, will you make yourself new to me now? Yeah, that's so, so good. And so I love just how realistic and tangible it is. And, um, you know, so many of us do get so discouraged and just going back to like the simplest of like, are you encountering God? Are you experiencing God in your bedroom, Mm -hmm. on your knees? Like, is that because that's where he's going to be so become so real to you. And that's going to change all these like desires of our heart and going to change all these areas that maybe we feel stressed or anxious about. And so I think that's so, so good. And I think like just... Final question for you, and I want to end it on like a, a kind of a fun, 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 but practical note, um, just because I'm going to I'm going to just take one for the team here and oh, use myself yes. as the guinea pig. OK, okay. <laughs> OK, so Bianca, I'm my birthday's on Sunday. I'm going to be 27 and happy um, birthday thank you and so <laughs> I'm like the girl I'm like forever single basically like <laughs> forever single but like doing things for the Lord you know chasing after the things that God's put on my heart but you know what I just gotta say it is hard to find men out there so like it is if yeah. it's me what should I be doing like what should I be doing if I like if this is on my heart like I want this where should I go <laughs> what do I need to do I thought you were just gonna like, ask her about your birthday like what you should no, do on your birthday no I need some like I need some like big sister advice yes, like you know yes. okay like, girls girls here's here's what I'm gonna tell you my schedule is so crazy and busy but I am very passionate I I really do think we need to do a podcast about this because I'm very passionate. This is what I will tell you yes. immediately in the now. I'm going to tell you, girlfriend, do you sparkle? Is your taxi light on? So if you've ever been to New York, you know <laughs> that taxis are driving on the street and we know that they are available mm, yeah. if their taxi light is on. Okay. So a lot of times Christian girls are like, I don't know why no one's safe, like picking me. Well, do you look like you are available? Yeah. Do you sparkle? (laughs) When you talk to a guy, is there a coquettishness about your behavior? Number two, are you taking care of yourself? I'm talking about, like, this is not about vanity. This is about maintenance. Are you flossing? Are you exercising? Do you take care of your skin? Like, um, you you guys, I'm not even kidding you. This is going to be groundbreaking for a lot of sisters. I promise you this. (laughs) And then thirdly, it's, there is has to be sense of soul care because soul care leads to self-awareness. Yeah. Are you aware and are you willing 
So a lot of times we're expecting, and myself included, that God is going to drop our Adam in our lap and it's going to be amazing. But we might, might, might have to be willing and available to put ourselves out there in different ways. And it might be asking friends if they have friends. It might be going online. It might be praying and fasting for a sense of contentment. It might be praying and fasting for a brother. It might be going to your friends and family and admitting where you are where you are, and ask for a sense of accountability. But that's only going to be determined by you when you are healthy. Yeah. And the greatest gift that you can give your family, your boss, your best friend, your coworkers is a healthy you. And so those are three things like, listen, do people know that you're available? Do you have a sense of self-awareness? Are you taking care of yourself? Those are like basics, but y'all, this is a big topic. And Mm. I think that, Hey, let's hit the drawing board. Let's hear what the girls online say. (laughs) Let's answer questions. And I'm not even kidding you. You have my word. We need to do a whole episode of this. Okay. That would be so fun. We got to do it. We get this question a lot, actually. Like, where do I go? How do I I do this? I can't find anybody. So that would be so fun. I know Mac is really encouraged right now because she loves her little big hoops oh, what do you I, say You're I wear J-Lo hoops J-Lo every day of hoops. my life yes I girl. think that's her sparkle that's my sparkle you know yeah yes. I don't know though <laughs> we, we might have to step it up after this I did, bring that step it up. I did look at my nails and was like I have not gotten a manicure in, in for a long time yeah. and maybe that's how, how I need to better Shoot. take care of myself <laughs> there you go there you go I love it that's uh, but that's so good and honestly it's so fun and encouraging and I think that I think that that's just a fun thing to talk about and a real thing to talk about of like rather than ignoring these Mm. desires because they're not it's not bad. It's not a bad desire. It's like just I think being more mindful about it and then, hey, take some action steps. Why not? So that's so encouraging. Absolutely. Mm. That's so good. Well, Bianca, thank you so much for sharing. Your story is amazing. I think there's so many parts of it that are just like so funny and relatable, but then also so powerful and just sets the bar high for us, honestly, as young women, just being so inspired by you personally and what you're doing personally in your own life, but then doing together with your husband is just the coolest thing. So we all have so much to learn from you. And this was incredible. Thank you. Thank also, you. Thank you. I might be considering signing up for eHarmony now. Oh, shoot. Oh, <laughs> shoot. Oh, well, guess what? I get to be the flower girl and your first baby name is Bianca. It's done. <laughs> It's done. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you, girls. I appreciate it.